The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is sponsored by Steeped Coffee. Steeped Coffee is a new brewing method that combines specialty craft coffee into a single serving bag. You don't need a machine. You don't have to make a mess. All you have to do is add hot water wherever you go. Each steep pack is individually sealed. It's nitrogen flush, so it stays fresh. And it's got this special full immersion filter. And the filter is ultrasonic sealed, which means it's sealed together with no glue or no staples. So there's no weird stuff floating around in your coffee. Steeped is a benefit B Corp. They ethically source all their coffee. Their packaging is fully compostable. And they believe that business should be done without compromise. You can get your hands on steep coffee packs at steepedcoffee.com. That's S-T-E-E-P-E-D, coffee.com. Asking your local retail stores to start carrying Steeped or having your favorite roastery reach out and kind of get in touch. If you're in Santa Cruz, come on by any of the Cat and Cloud locations. We have it there for you. Basically, they're just doing their best to change the coffee industry, make your life more convenient with their pre-portioned, pre-ground innovation. So tell all your friends. So Chris is done with the 30-day coffee challenge. He is back on the wagon, but that's not necessarily true because that wagon was a little bit scary to jump back on, wasn't I'm it, Chris? decaf right now. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm eating this bar. Sorry. You get to eat, dude. We'll cut this out. Edit this out, obviously. Or not, dog. It could be, so this could be where the magic really happens. True dis- discontent with your flatbed. Look at this bed. See? I literally just dumped all the water in, and it's perfically flat. That's N- super weird. Sometimes I feel like we make it harder than it needs to be. We always make it harder than it needs to be. Yeah, that that bed's flat without doing anything. But it's like ridiculously flat, and I did absolutely nothing. Maybe that just proves that perfect V60 cylindrical line base that just draws it down. Should we bring the shirts back? Yeah. Some V60s, it'll say. <laughs> Occasional V60 instead of no. It's all... I'm almost there. So... We're here in the roastery today because we are busy, busy, busy. Chris had a bunion doctor's appointment today, which means he got to he got to learn a lot. He got to learn for sure. This is the cuts for sure. Here's the res- here's the response time to you healing. Here's your crutches. We'll see you next week Thursday where we just slice, dice, and turn your toes straight out, dude. You need it so turnt. It's gonna <laughs> be real. The doctor came in, and he's like, let me see your toe again. I always like to look at my patients one you know, one more time before the actual surgery date. So I popped my shoe off and took the sock off, and he's like, oh, yeah, that is prominent. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's huge. You're all, yeah, sometimes I take it for a walk. He's like, yeah, that, that's pretty big. So I got a sizable bunion. And then when I signed the consent form, it was – Keep the bunion or don't. Yeah, it's options. And then it's option this, that, and the other. And then option of not surgery. It's all option five. No surgery. Live every day with pain or something like that. <laughs> it's all just so you know what or you're no, signing no, it's up for. Live with pain and deformity. <laughs> Here's your choices. A lot of ways to fix it or live with deformity. Living with pain. Check all that apply. Deformity. Well, that sounds... I think Chris most likely picked with picked no deformity because he's trying to like get back in the game of skateboarding, you know. And I'm still getting back in the game of basketball, in case y'all were wondering. And I know you were because that's the first thing you think about when you think about us. How was the game? Monday night was sick, actually. Yeah. Lost the first four games, won the second three. 
Same teams, three on three, legit basketball players. I was I was pretty surprised. Game to twenty one. Games to twenty one, twos and threes, half court because it's only three on three. And I was obviously rusty because I hadn't, you know, done my thing. Just not terribly confident. But, like, you know, contributed a little. Missed some shots. Made some dumb plays the first three or four games. You could kind of see them not writing me off, per se. They're like, oh, yeah, but you just, like, haven't played a game in 15 years. Where do you sit in the pack? Were you down, were you down um, a little bit? No. I was just, like, missing shots. Oh. Like, so I was, like, if I was making shots, I would have probably been middle to the top. Second, second, like half of the night when I started getting good, it was awesome because the dudes who were like halfway wrote me off started making like, there's this dude named Future who's like the guy, <laughs> yeah, and he's like you know the quintessential street baller. He's got the moves. He's good. He's just he's he's doing all the stuff right. He's like trying to put the ball through your legs and stuff. And I, he like put it through my legs, but I can still d him up. But I, just not on my quicks like I usually am. Right. So he'd score pretty well. And come game four, I started hitting shots, and I scored, like, 15 of our 21 points, which is I felt pretty good. And, and then they were all like, oh. And that was when they were like, they started taking it to me a little more seriously. And then the rest of the next two games after that, it was like I put, put up, like, half our points, which yeah, is good. It sucks when you suck. But when you're on, it's they stop guarding you or they don't guard you tight. And then well, yeah, like, I would go to the hole, and I could do that. So they, stopped, they started playing off me because I was missing my shots. And that was honestly just I was tired and out of breath and not used to playing, like, full-on basketball. Yeah. And then I got into my – you know how when you warm up and you go past the part where you're, like, tired anymore, you're like, oh, now I can just run and run and run? Mm-hmm. That finally hit me in, like, game five out of seven. It's kind of like that runner's high kicks in yep. or whatever they call it. Yeah. You get the endorphins going. And then I was, like, quick and I can make moves. And then they – like, even the dude future by the end is all, oh, sick move. And, like, saying some stuff. I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Felt good. Because he was, he was legit. It was fun. They were shit talking. There was the whole thing. Good. Fuck those guys. Yeah. It's like, hey, listen, there's some there's some time travel about to happen. I'm yeah. just getting back to where I was in the past. Yeah. And then when I get to where I was in the past, all you fucking new guys are gonna have some problems. Yeah, you're like, what right? happened, dude? We're gonna have you put the ball through my legs all you want. Let's say Keep let's see who drops drops yeah. fifteen in a oh, game. Yeah. And then, you know, he he played a little dirty. He That's did fun. some he did arm hooks, real hard, legit arm hooks. Oh and yeah. Like, you know, stuff you do in the street ball that you can't do when you're actually, like, in a real game. But I'll you get away with in, it. Dude, I, I, a lot of holding. He would do a lot of holding. Dude, I got uh, – <laughs> so there were two leagues when we were kids besides school. So there was Slam and Jam, which was the better league. And then there was the Y, which was more of, like, the chill league just for fun. And I remember people would do that shit at the Y, and I would get so pissed. And one time this dude, Brandon – came up and i don't remember what he did it was something like that he like locked me up pretty good yeah and i just stopped playing like i had the ball i stopped playing grabbed the ball turned around and just fucking hucked it at him i just (laughs) threw it at his face (laughs) and i got a technical foul and there (laughs) everyone's like what are you doing and i was like i'm I'm over this dude. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not playing fair. It, it was too much. You he's know? a bad guy. It's like you get away with a little bit of that stuff. Whatever. There's yeah. a threshold. Yeah. You know. So it was like one of those things. And he was, he's a dude. Like he 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 was feeling himself. For of sure. You yeah. always feel yourself when you're like the guy. Yeah. But I it mean, was, it's it easy. Not easy, but it's easier. He probably plays there every week. He plays all the time. You know, he's on he's, his home that's turf. Like what he does. That's what he does. Yeah. He plays basketball. Yeah, he plays basketball. It is for sure. He plays basketball. 
but it's all good, dude. It was a good opener. It was a good start. You he, know what, future? You're not going to play professionally. That ship has sailed. <laughs> that ship is. I you're, mean, you get better chance of getting struck by lightning than making it to the that's NBA. That's true. So I heard pretty, that stat recently. It's not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for any of us. The good news was is that he played harder defense and higher anything on me than anybody else, which means that he was like, and he even said, he's all, that kid can score, dude. Better watch out. Because <laughs> he could tell I had it, but I didn't have it. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> better watch out. He did. He's do you old. know anybody else there? Josh Wilbur came. And yeah. Josh Wilbur played D2 college ball. Did he really? Yeah, for just a quick minute. And you can tell that he could he could play. He looks he's, so he's awkward. He's the CEO of Steep. He's, like, tall. Yeah, he's tall. He's, he's athletic, dude. He's just out of shape. Really? Yeah. He just he's not a shooter. He's not a three-ball shooter. He's, like, he's like tall. He gets to the hole. He's, he's got, got a jumper. He's got a good on. jumper. Um, but just the, he was just out of shape, ah. which happens. You just get tore up, and it was hot. That night was hot. He's like on that Chuck level where I just wouldn't expect it. And then he comes. Yeah, comes yeah I still got to see Chuck on like a court where he runs because I've only seen him at like, at like you know, one-on-one king of the hill at the school. Chuck, what you got, dude? Chuck lays off on D. He, he's, he's down for you to shoot on him. He won't let you drive on him. Yeah? Yeah, so now that's why I'm like, now nah, I got a shot. So you got to get a shot, yeah. Uh-huh. Sorry, not sorry. It's like, better come guard me. I was 100% on my step back off the glass, driving left, and then stepping stepping back and doing a jumper off the glass. 100%. Oh, yeah. Four for four on those. That's a great and shot. And everybody's all, dude, you got that. That's a good shot. That's pretty. And I'm like, that's not even my shot, but that's what I was shooting. So You're all, I fucking play basketball. I just haven't recently. Yeah. Like <laughs> 15 damn years. I just. I'm a professional. I'm somebody. I'm. I used to be somebody. I need uh, approval. I was a starter. <laughs> I worked in the docks. I was <laughs> so anyways, that's the update on us. I got one more week. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's pretty much it. We got many fun things happening here at the cafes and the coffee shops and the places to be. Chris drank coffee. I drank coffee. I had 10 ounces of coffee yesterday, and I was pretty jittery off of it. Your brain Wait, was so ready. It was so, well, I mean, I didn't. I don't know. I kind of took it for granted. No caffeine, you know, no chocolate, no tea, no nothing for the month. And then I just hit it with 10 ounces of coffee and I was kind of vibing. I was pretty juiced. <laughs> did, you get, did you get creative mind or did you get like too much mind? It was meeting mind. So I just oh. had super high, super high energy for the meeting. Got and it. Carol's like, are you OK? Ian was loving it. He was having a good time. Our meeting yesterday was sick as fuck. <laughs> it was so tight. Because Ian's still onboarding, so he's sitting in on everybody else's meeting. Yeah. So the climax of the meeting was Ian, Carol, Sam, and myself, and we were all just going down the rabbit hole. We actually opened up. Carol kind of peeled a little bit, and then Ian and Samantha were asking about coffee stuff or old pictures. Sam asked for old pictures of us, and I have this folder on my computer that's the coffee history. Yeah. Starting in 2006. So we were looking through all these old pictures, and I was just kind of telling stories of this is when this happened, this is when that oh, happened, we gotta do this that. is how that came to be, and they were so into it. And I was like, I've, tell me if this is weird, because I'm sitting here for a half hour just literally talking about myself. But it's industry perspective, and it's history of the brand, and all that stuff comes yeah. along with it. and. They never seen the like, barista competition setups. Right. So we're looking at some of the competition setups, formats, sig drinks. Yeah. The whole kit. Dude. It was tight. It was super fun. Yep. People people need to 
Yet another, put it on the list. I like that, yeah. yeah. It was just a cool opportunity. It just kind of came up. So I was like, all right, we'll just go down this rabbit hole for a little bit. Well, we just take it for granted because we were so close. You forget that people are interested in hearing about how that all worked and went because it's a lot different now than it was then. And things changed because of the things that happened then. It's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, there was no coffee industry before us, actually. Everyone was just wandering around with the lights. There actually wasn't electricity before we came to the game. <laughs> we turned everything on. <laughs> did uh, Do you have any pictures serving my dad in L.A.? I did not. There's no pictures of that. Too bad. Anywhere. There's no video of that. There's no anywhere. nothing. It's the thing I'm the most proud of. It doesn't exist anywhere. That means we probably should tell the story. Yeah. More. Yeah. Oh, you, you mean right now? or? I mean, you could tell it now. But what do you mean even in our cafe? I mean, we might as Maybe. well tell the story if uh. you want. I don't know. Nah, not yeah, feeling it. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I, it's uh, maybe we'll do an episode about barista competitions. We can just do all about our seasons of and competitions. And we can kind of tell, talk about our influences in competition. Progressions. And, and thought process and where that came from. We could start. We could do that. And then tie it back in because a lot of those, at least for me, a lot of the way I prepare for that is kind of the same way that I prepare for business yeah. Teaching. Yeah, yeah. We could do all that. Uh, whatever. We haven't really done an, any episodes on barista competitions anyway. So No, we like spit out a little bit here and there. Yeah. We used to do some little do some little things. I do have one corrections corner. Hit it with a corrections from corner. From the episode on the beach. Great. We were talking about co ops. We were talking about leadership. And I asked a question to Chuck. So we're talking about the idea that a co-op could exist where everybody's kind of like a partner in the cafe and everybody that's the employee like wins. Yeah. Everyone's sharing equal. And I asked, well, why didn't we do it like that? Right. And Charles fired back. He's like, why don't you, why do you think we didn't do it like that? Right. And I gave the answer that's totally not true. I gave the answer that was, to have cultural impact, it's nice to have a company of scale, and we knew we wanted to be bigger than just one or two cafes. And I don't believe that at all. I, I believe that small movements can affect culture. I believe that you don't mm -hmm. have to be a big company to affect the way people think or the way people do things. That's totally not true. I don't even know why I said that. I think I just felt pressure. It was like on the fly, yeah. To go along with the conversation. And the, the other – so that's the caveat of what I said about culture, which – you can start huge movements, small. It, I mean, that's why we did everything for, else at the beginning. For with, sure. With all the benefits and stuff, right? And then the other thing is that, like, why didn't we do that? I actually don't believe that it works. Yeah, you don't? I don't think so. I, I think still people, do. I think people need leadership. There needs to be... Oh, well, that too. Yes, for sure. They're, like, the classic co-op model where everyone's an owner. Yeah, no, doesn't I mean, really work because I... I because I'm struggling to figure out a way to, if we actually believe that that would work, yeah. why wouldn't we do it? Because it would put everyone around us who works for us in a better position financially. I think we will in the future, but it'll be the people who decide to do it that have earned equity in our company. So that's, that's, that's still like a like, backwards way. That's still way. like tiered leadership, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be like if, not a co if all the people in the long term wanted to just like run one and crush it for a while. It is well. No, actually, what I'm saying is, say two, three years from now, Kristen and Tanner and whoever has earned equity at this point was like, dude, let's give it a go and see what it would feel like to just like crush a cafe game. It wouldn't be the same though. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, but that's not really the no, same thing. You're right. Everybody does need leadership. 
I think in a perfect idealistic world it could work, but the thing is is that takes everybody to be a self-starter, a self-motivator, highly critical of themselves and completely just driven to make an experience epic all the time and to figure out problems. And I think we've started to see that when people often think they want that until it starts happening, they're like, damn, this is so much harder than you'd expect. Yeah. Or it just takes more thought. Yeah. So I guess the, the caveat is I do think it would work. It would just take the 10 of the right people. And usually those people are not in the same place at the same time. Could be perfect storm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I feel like more often than not, you end up with, Let's say you have a bunch of hard chargers. You yeah. end up with a lot of ego and personality conflict on one end. Or on the other end, you end up with the bird scooter model, which is you see birds just fucking littered everywhere in every major city because no one owns them. Because right. they're just communal things that no one's actually taking care of the things that need to happen and being like, hey, we need to do this that and the other and these are the things that are going to push us forward everyone's just like we're together yeah it's the google bike in seattle and like <laughs> yeah i know someone's gonna write in it's like sure there are co-ops that exist but ones that are having huge cultural change that are true true co-ops like true co-ops you know what you could do which is almost you could actually do equal ownership but pay specific pay contribution different to the to the job title so Mm -hmm. like the end of the year draw on profit could be equal across everybody but your pay during the year based on leadership could be higher based on the responsibilities you take on in the cafe or company and that that's how some companies roll where it's like everybody could be an owner but it i mean that's just a way it could theoretically work where everybody gets the boost, but that's essentially that's, another yeah. word for profit sharing. Sometimes too. That's kind of like a profit sharing. Could be, yeah. Thing. If you committed to a hundred percent of the profits going back to the people because, equally. Yeah, and yeah. then operationally, it, it is it still a co-op or is it still standard leadership model? Because let's say we took our situation, yeah. With, like we don't take draws for yeah. our ownership. We just or we're on like right. a salary or yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, so yeah, you could split. Th- I think you could totally split the profits ev- evenly. Yeah, I think that could actually work. That that might be the clear path towards something cray cray like that. That could happen. Yeah, and then paying for paying for job. Yeah, yeah, right. That it's could hard. actually it, be. It's hard because I run. yeah. Usually people's work isn't equal all the time. <laughs> you know, for that true, I don't know what you want to call. The true split. Contribution, yeah. equality, split. Totally. So anyway, I just wanted to clarify my stance. No, I will not have people quoting me. I will not be talked about. Hey, you know what we had? There's that. We had somebody write in and say some nice stuff on the, so I was just, because we're still trying to get people to subscribe, rate, and review, you know what I'm saying? We had a real nice one. Should I just read it real yeah, quick? Let's it's hear a good it. one. I wanna I wanna hear it. This is from Master Crackle. So Dude. shout out to you, Master Crackle. Is that like first crackle? Dude, I don't know, but he said this podcast has evolved. Actually, it's they, because I don't actually know who that is, so that was unfair. They're Here's the master, caveat. whoever they are. They are the master crackle. This podcast has evolved so much since its beginning, and I love it. The early episodes are great and provide a ton of information regarding coffee regarding coffee and coffee roasting. Quenched all the coffee needs. Quenched. <laughs> That's a good word. As the business grew. Education and leadership seeped into the podcast. Topics transition, personal growth, team structure, employee sustainability, customer service, 
wholesale development. Woo! So many great concepts. That was a quote. Something's going there. It's also the raw conversations and the genuine people that make it so good. And I love the values this company holds and hope to reflect all I learn from the podcast in my life. So thank you, Master Crackle. I just wanted to make sure that we're doing right by recognizing all those who subscribe, rate, and review because I appreciate it, y'all. We love it. We need it. It keeps us, you know, pushed up towards the top where more people can find us and hear about us. And that ultimately is one way that we can change the way the world does business if they hear how we do it and hear our struggles and know that we're humans. I love the connection. Dude, I've, I sent, I've been sending postcards and cards to people. So nice. I bought a bunch of blank cards, been drawing pictures, sending them out yeah. to people who I've had good experiences with. I got one back because there was no mail receptacle. Okay. I, Leah, Leah Chu, she's the designer, in-house artist at Coffee Bar. Okay. In Reno, Truckee. Yeah, you just went some, and saw them. Some in the Bay. She spent like a half hour talking with us about branding and design and just kind of marketing. Yep. And I was like, that was a really cool experience. So I wrote, Leah, I wrote you a card. I don't know if you listen to the podcast. I sent it out and I got a return to sender that says there's no mail receptacle at the Coffee Bar Roastery. So They'll get you like that. Since we're shouting out, I'll just shout out there. There's your shout out. Talk about branding. She's an award winner. I can't remember the award. It's like a, a she got an award. ADHD award, dude. Attention I have that deficit too. hyperactive disorder award. <laughs> I have that so good, dude. I win that a lot, a lot, a lot. That's not the actual. That's not the actual award. That isn't the actual. But um, we just got back from LA. We did a a weekend, which was good planning, and we could just continue the shoutouts, but also talk about experiences because. We decided to splurge on haircuts, which you saw maybe in our little YouTube or in uh, Instagram, not YouTube. We went to the barbershop club. Barbershop club. Saw Woody and Michelle. Uh, Michelle. And uh, had just like one of the most revitalizing, nice experiences that I've had all, all over a nice haircut and good conversation. Yeah, I'm super glad we went. So I had looked at that place the last time I was in L.A. Yeah. And I had told Jenny that I wanted to go, but it wasn't in the cards right then because it was a little pricey. Yeah. So it's a $70 haircut for a dude, which is pretty expensive for a barber haircut. I mean, it's haircut. like double a normal haircut. Yeah. And But it looked... So one of my favorite things is getting my haircut out of town. Like when we go to Seattle for SCA, like book a haircut. Like right. Everywhere you go, book a haircut. When Mark and I went to New York, the first thing we did, we got off the plane, we booked haircuts. Yep. We had haircuts booked, walked in, boom, barbershop. Yep. Feels so good. Yeah. Every time. You freshen up. Love it. So I'm glad that everyone was like, yeah, we should totally do this. together." And then, so the place, I mean, is amazing. Yeah. Aesthetically, it's like an old-timey barbershop. It's in a brick building at the Normandy Hotel. Two chairs, small. And gosh, where, where to even start? So that was all I knew about this. That it, it looked like it was the place that I wanted to be. It looked like it was a really well thought out establishment. We'll get a good haircut. And appointment only, no walk-ins. Appointment only, no walk-ins. The door was locked before we got there. So that's all we kind of knew about it going in. And when we got there, it was a whole different thing. So they they have another room in the back. It's a space for mental men's health and to explore like modern masculinity. They do self-help and self-improvement workshops. Yeah. They offer, they just this year added a therapist to their staff, on staff. So you can go in, 
book a haircut and literally have a therapy. Do an hour therapy session. You could book a nap. And then you can go up for a nap and a massage afterwards and like treat yourself to a, like a, a dude's day. Yeah, they had a total package, which was like a haircut, straight razor shave, massage, and nap. Yeah. It's like a spa for guys, but not in a corny yeah. spa way. No, it was fully... And, and even just the conversation with Woody and Michelle, it was straight up like it was about life and taking care of yourself and then also just learning about each other. And it ended up being a really neat thing. There's less places in the world that align values wise with us than I expected to. And so it was really neat to be like, dude, this guy is speaking our language. Straight so Woody's like early. third generation in that family, too, with that place. And it was just, it was a really cool thing. I mean, he's got his own fragrance, his own, like, his own, uh, not fragrance, but his own aftershave and, like, hair product. And they're sponsored by, was it Cognac? Or no, uh, Remy, Remy Martin. Yeah. And anyways, so we're, we sent out some coffee to them just to say thank you because it truly was, like, we were all pretty exhausted. We had been using our brain, talking about how we're going to affect our business. And we talk about that a lot, but just we needed to get out of town to talk about our approach and our attack plan moving from that day forward essentially together and honestly we, i was dead tired i was like this haircut and then i want to take a nap and i left that haircut like kind of awake and ready to go for the rest of the day and it was for sure just the way they take care good care of you get a little little scotch a little a lot of good conversation it was and a great haircut obviously and it was the best and honestly i walked away thinking we were having the the conversation before with alex benayan who you probably listened to his second episode before this one probably came out last week we were talking about experiences and and money and we were talking about the jiro dreams of sushi documentary and you know food that costs 300 dollars and haircut that costs 70 dollars right he was like i don't know if i i don't know if i don't know if i can do a 70 dollar haircut like is the haircut gonna be that much better and it's not really about the haircut yeah i mean at that price point the haircut has to be fantastic he did crush the haircut he crushed the haircut you have to deliver but i walked away thinking 70 bucks is a bargain for what we just got yeah you for what you feel like you're essentially paying for a massage is basically the same feeling i mean you're paying yeah you're paying for a place to express whatever feelings you want in a non-judgmental atmosphere around people who get it and that is super rare Especially for guys who aren't really great at sharing their feelings. Yeah. Homie's like a, he's a dad. He's a surfer. He's an athlete dude. He's like a, he's like, what do you, what do they call the renaissance man where you do everything? He's definitely a renaissance man. He definitely man. was a renaissance man. Got, had style, had like. Super style. He had like wisdom and he was real too. He wasn't just like, he wasn't the guy who had all the answers. He was talking about his stuff too a little bit. Yeah. He opened up and it was, it was pretty it was nice. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. How do we even get there? Oh, I was just talking about being in LA. We were just talking about being in LA. Yeah. And the the experiences. That was the highlight of of my trip. I was yeah. I was peeking on that. That was super dope. And then just getting to talk. Some I don't know. It's easier for me to open up outside of Santa Cruz for well, what, for whatever reason. We're here, which means this work is like touching you basically. It feels like there's a little more breathing room to yeah. be more open and and really dig a little bit deeper. Yeah. I'm with you. That's how it definitely works for me. I have to, you know, I mentioned it out of town. I was like, if we wanted to get a big project done, the best thing for me to do would be to go to a town where I don't really know what to do 
and where that means I'm focused on like only doing what's in front of me and then I go eat a food and then come back to the thing and eat a food and come back to a thing. Yeah, it's nice to have the recovery phase. So we do our meetings on Friday mornings or whatever and they're they're a few hours long. But sometimes I feel right when we're getting to the apex, we got to go. go. We got to go. Yep. And then we all have other stuff to do. But three days in a row, out of town, no distractions, we'll, we'll have a, a brunch or like a lunch and we'll reach that apex. Yeah. We can either choose to keep going or we can set it aside for 30, go do exercise, and then immediately reconvene. And you just spin the wheel a little yeah. bit more there. You can get so much more accomplished. I had the same feeling when we uh, went to Avila Beach. Yeah, totally. You know, to one day chunk on the beach. Yep. I felt like we got three weeks of talking in, yeah. three weeks worth of work yeah. done. And we've committed to doing more time during our week together, which is something that came out of this weekend. But even so, those, those off-sites that we do and we plan for them and we plan for what we need to get done really – are super super valuable i mean even when we went to you know vineyard seven and eight even though like we didn't plan as well you still come away with so much more energy than if you don't and like we learned a lot from that one even considering we didn't plan as much yeah we learned we don't know how to plan an offsite. yeah <laughs> we learned that we like yeah. actually we learned that we didn't put any work into planning yeah i was gonna say we learned that we like do what we've seen other people do it and it's actually not that good well yeah i mean Actually, I don't even think that's it. I, I think we I think we had really good ideas about what to do. I don't think we honored it. I don't think mm. we took it seriously enough. Yeah. I think I don't think that any of us walked into that thinking this is the way to do an offsite. No. We had some revelations and we listened to some of the podcasts yeah. that you found afterwards to help clarify it a little bit. But I think if we were being honest with ourselves, we can look in the mirror and be like, We didn't spend near enough time preparing. Oh, no. We just set a date on the calendar. And put and an outline together. A few together. days before, we're like, "Oh, we yep. better put something together." <laughs> yeah, here we are. Here we are. Time to go. Which brings me to a con- Alex. Can I talk about you on the podcast? Super tight. Um, conversation that I had with Alex yesterday, and that you had with Alex yesterday, and you talked to me a little bit about it, and you're kind of adjusting to this new thing where. Your work's almost more ethereal. It's less task-based. Right. And you don't have as much, or gearing to not have as much interaction with as big of a team of direct reports. Yeah. Like, it kind of feels lonely sometimes. No, for sure. It feels like there's an emptiness. And Alex, who's working on some things too, I- expressed kind of the same thing to me. He's like, hey, can I talk to you? Kristen did today too. I, I feel like I'm kind of feeling alone. I was like, yeah, dude, well, Los Lonely Boys, we're here, dude. We're <laughs> in it. <laughs> we're all in the club together. But... When I look at how we've done offsites in the past, even how we're trying our best to get ahead of the curve, but we're still even behind the ball for this staff meeting that's going to come up. Right. Having that free time is hopefully going to give us the freedom to attack some of these things. In addition to some of the stuff we have planned, which we can't talk about yet because we have to talk to the staff first. But, <laughs> that's true. Um, but to do it together, though, is to nice. D- well, to do it together and to really make it, really make it pop, you know? Right. I mean, if you're if we're planning an offsite, that could e- easily be a two-week lead-in to making it perfect and, and really getting the content Probably there. Probably longer. Making sure the energy is there. Like, these are big projects, you know? Yeah. Especially for the first one, wherever we identify, I don't know, if we want to use some kind of template or... 
certain structure, but it, it's a big job, and we haven't been respecting it. Not because we don't want to, but because we've been doing all kinds of stuff. Well, you know what's funny? I think it comes in steps, because I think what we have done a good job of getting better at is, like, the first step, which is, okay, we've actually started getting better at planning for just, like, meetings and being ahead of the game and being like, okay, here's what we're going to talk about in our meetings coming up, where I think still a lot of people this day just roll into meetings and then like figure it out once they're there. Yeah. So like step one is like actually getting good at preparing. I'm not saying and we're not even that good. We're not bad. Yeah. But, but we're not that good. Well, either. so uh, this is actually the point I'm trying to make is this, like one of the things I've been thinking about that I'd love for us to work on teaching people in the future is preparing for something so that you actually are like <laughs> ready to talk about something that's actually important totally. to you. Versus going in and being reactive to what comes up. And so that's something that took a long time for me to learn, for one. And I love planning. Some people are more naturally good at planning. But to actually think about what you're going to do tomorrow or today. And the stuff we talk about all the time in terms of time management is one part of it. The other part is actually like physically being like, okay, tomorrow at the meeting... I want to, because it's the most important thing based on our values and the things, want to talk about this, this, and this, and just, like, think about how you're going to approach that so that when you get to the meeting, you're, like, ready to go. For sure. And that even is something that I think you and I have gotten a shit ton better at since we started this business, for one. And now it's the next level. It's, like, how do we do that for a project that's, like, a three-day project or, like, a four-hour project that's ours to own, which is basically, like, triple to quadruple the amount of planning and time as it would take to just plan for, say, our meetings, you know? And that that's just something that I'm going to put out into the ether for everybody is if you don't find yourself actually thinking about planning for tomorrow or planning for, say, you're going to have an interview, like thinking about the things that are important to you so that you can not necessarily just be reactive but have authentic answers or if you're going to go into meeting a new person to talk about the future or something you brought up the other day with somebody who's wanting, wanting to come up with their own position and just like, Oh yeah, I'm just thinking about what would be a cool position that I like. And you're like, but what about coming up with a position that benefits the whole, that's not just benefiting your, your abilities only and like taking it, you know what I'm saying? Like thinking about that stuff and getting deeper will allow you to come up with a more comprehensive clear approach to whatever the thing is you're trying to get into it also allows you to be more in the moment because let's say you go into a meeting you don't prep for it you don't know what's going to happen you get hit with all kinds of shit all of a sudden you're thinking on your feet you are, are forced to go in all these different directions so that's using up a bunch of your brain space if you take the time prepare for a meeting for an interview whatever it is you have an agenda you know you're controlling a certain amount of what's going to happen. Right. You can relax and be more in the moment and feel yeah. these things. You, you can feel more like yourself instead of feeling like you're trying to like herd cats the whole time. Totally. It's yeah. I mean, we were talking with Wilbur. Ryan Wilbur came through from Cafe Imports. Shout out. You saw him on our Instagram stuff potentially a little while back. But he was even talking about, you know, now he gets up and he like has a cup of coffee and he prepares for his day because he can't roll into inner like to meetings cold. And that's something that everyone can do for themselves. I mean, who the fuck does that anyway? Dude, dude you I think be, so many more people than we you think. you got to be out of your fucking mind. Dude, they get up, they put their clothes on, they run out the door, and then they start their shift 15 minutes later. I've never done that. Not saying that I'm, like, great at everything, no, but yeah. I'm always, like, 
I used to do that. I'm usually like, for meetings and stuff because oh, dude, if someone asks me to a meeting and they don't have their shit together, like all those meetings that we used to go to, right. I'm like, why am I here? We're yeah. not doing anything. We're just here to talk I'm just about sitting what on my we're ass. Doing. Compound that labor. There's eight people in oh, a yeah. room for an hour. That's not one hour of labor. That's eight hours of labor. Yeah, a whole day. A whole, well, it, it, a whole it, shift. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It, of your most expensive people. And it just spins, and everyone's just like sitting there, oh, like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. me- meetings. Like, dude, oh my God, I can't deal. Yeah. I, that's why I get so self conscious when I feel like we haven't done our best to prepare because I have empathy for people who are sitting there being like, who are these clowns? Right. Who are telling me to come in at seven o'clock? I have the day off. And they're stammering through these ridiculous updates that don't have anything to do with me. Yeah. Like, that's rude. <laughs> it's super rude. So you got it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's well. That's why we want to put all the time into totally. all of that. I'm excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> Even on decaf. Even on decaf. I swear to God, I'm getting placebo from this right now. <laughs> I'm fucking turned up, guys. I'm here to turn this thing out. Gosh, I don't even I- need coffee anymore. I just need to think that I have coffee, and then that's it. You, the, I mean, the other thing Grace is... Grace is hating me so much right now. <laughs> Grace is all, stop messing with my blends. She's all, I have the winning blend, okay? You didn't even win anything with your blend. Is there more blend to drink anyway? Is there more blend over there, Grace? There's is a there bag, more blend a to bag drink? of blend. Oh, I have to brew the blend. Okay. Champion blend. I'll brew it. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the other thing is, though, you were talking about when you're not prepared and you get into meetings... And you like feel like you're reactive the whole time and you're just like on edge. Whether you're the kind of person who feels that way when there's like conflict or like direct questioning at meetings. Something else I think that's really important is for you to be able to respond positively without saying yes or no. So, for instance, <laughs> yeah, I like so where you're going. like here's a good example. Sometimes as an owner, I'll hear something. And I'll be like, hey, could you try this or try that? And. People's immediate response is to figure out a yes or no binary answer. Whereas an owner, I actually don't need either of those things. I need somebody to be like, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't know if that's going to work. Let me try some ideas and get back at you and then take ownership on like following up and circling back. Because really what we're all doing is working as a team. And yeah, you're going to have bosses and leaders who have ideas. Those ideas at least speci- specifically speaking for me, and I think probably Chris would agree, they don't need to happen exactly how I sh- talk about them unless I literally say I need this to happen, how this works. Oftentimes what I'm trying to do and we're trying to do as leaders is improve a situation or improve a system or add a system that's missing. And your job isn't necessarily to say yes or no, it's not going to work. Your job is to try some things out and come back with some information and be like, Here's what will work based on what you're talking about. Here's what won't work and here's why. And I tried this. And to be able to allow yourself the freedom to say, let me give some of this a go and get back to you is actually the best answer versus like yes and failing or no because you haven't actually considered anything and you just assume you have all the answers in your head. And that's something I've recently tried to lean into a lot more and i know we've talked about not saying yes oh yeah we've talked yeah but i'm trying to go even a step further and almost allow you to paint a picture of like you can still respond positively without saying yes or no and attempt to lean into whatever the thing is that is on the table 
How, give give a practical example. Like when did this um, happen in real life? Was a time so, when you said? I well, don't know. let's. I mean, maybe like n- it's not a specific exact example, but there was talk of like we're starting to get into like giving pro tips at the cafe, and I'm like, hey, could you start collecting pro tips because I want to make sure one that if a pro tip is actually a system that's not written into some of our training that we can make it a repeatable one. Two, if it's a pro tip for specifically for the store that the person who's giving this pro tip who lives it out the best, it doesn't die with them and whatever, you know, like so. And it was like, oh, man, that's going to be a lot of extra work. It's going to be extra training if we add it to this and that. And I'm like, you're thinking of all the possible scenarios right now. All I really need is for you to give it a to just give it a go and see what happens. And like, you can totally be right. I might be wrong. It might be like, you know what? All that's actually in the training tracker and I'm calling something a pro tip. That's actually just a training. Right. You know? And just like, but I don't know. I'm the owner of the company three steps removed from those training scenarios. So until we can clearly either be on the same page with language or know that we are missing some pro tips that will actually help everybody or know that it's something that we miss in our training tracker that should be there and trained. I actually don't have an answer. And so the person who wants to make sure we have repeatable either systems or cultural touch points wants to make sure that we're not just doing one-offs here and there and that somebody, which we've all been there is the best at something. So they're the one who teaches it. And then it goes away as soon as they go away forever. I don't want that to happen. So that's, that's a cultural thing. And it was like, Oh man, I don't think that's going to work. And it's like, Maybe, maybe not. That's not the answer we need to have right now. The answer is more like, let's see what happens. Yeah, it might be gnarly. It might be way too much work. But let's, let me explore that for a week and get back to you and see how it goes. Where do you draw the line on let's see what happens? So let's say with a cafe, they could have a, like a million ideas. Yeah. And if there was uh, marching orders for each and every one of them, that might be too much. So yes. How, how do people feel empowered to say no when it's actually in their best interest to say, like, this is too much right now, and th- you yeah. have to trust me on that one? Well, I think if you're able to say, no, this is too much for me, that's okay as long as it's not no and I'm never gonna. It's no, this is too much for me. I don't even know if it's a good idea. But I hear you and respect the idea. So let can we circle back in like a month because I want to finish the and that's where you need to be prepared, right? As a, somebody coming to the media, like, meeting, you need to be prepared and be like, I need to finish a few of these things that are really beneficial to our culture. That maybe outweigh this right now, and I'll circle back in a month. Because to me, in the context of bringing on like twenty new people in the last month or two, I right. mean, slightly exaggerating, but not much. What's more important than making sure that the baseline education and training is there? And that's just my mind. There's other stuff that's really important, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where my mind goes. It's like, well, if there's something that can get off the table forever and you don't have to hold it in a pro tip world, whether that's the right answer or not, it seems like it could actually go towards the top of the list of like, let's get that out off the table and not rely on, call it an Everardo or call it a, a bell downtown to be the one person in our company who can train that. So, you know, it's, yeah. it's just being able to speak with clarity about your reasoning and being able to defend yourself in a way where it's not like, oh, my boss is making me do stuff. It's more like I'm being proactive with the things that are really important and I have a really sound plan that I've thought out. 
And if you're being proactive and I can see that it's a proactive plan, I'm actually happy. It's all hell for it to be couched, you know? Does that make sense? Kind of. I think so. There, it's, it's not super clear because I wouldn't, it's, it's case by case for me. Yeah. You know, like if it's obvious that that idea comes in the context of, well, my focus still is I need to bring on five more people, set an orientation, finish a coordinator training. So that's really, really busy. I'm like, yep, that makes sense. Couch it. Right. Or the answer is, that seems really hard, and I don't know. It's like extra work. So it almost sounds like you're saying it's exciting to you when people are more open to the possibility of exploring things, whether or not they're going to do them right now, but not shutting them down as ideas right away, even if they're not necessarily going to do them. Yeah. It's like almost uh, like preaching an open-mindedness, so to speak. Yeah, it's like being open to... Yep. It's being open to using that critical brain, even if you're not going to fully implement and see through the system right now to at least know that you're going to consider thinking about something that's outside of the current realm, potentially. Right. Yeah. Just consideration. Open mindedness is, I guess, what you said. But open mindedness is extremely important to me in the context of growing a business. For sure. You know, you get stuck too much in the ways we all know our defaults just to go back to operating and doing and like checking off lists because that's what the world has taught us for our, our basically our entire upbringing. So, you know, if you take a test at school, all you have to do is memorize it and fill it out and then you get an A. That's not how a good business and culture will ever, ever, ever work. That's how you repeat a system and that's absolutely important. Totally. So that's really what I want. I'd like my whole goal is Yeah, I only ask that. because there's some bosses who will ask for engage in those kinds of conversations every day yeah oh i think we should try this out oh maybe we could roll that into this and maybe we could do that into this and then maybe this could happen onto this and the employees left feeling like dude i can't too much there's absolutely no way that i can even think about all of that stuff and even though you say that we don't have to do it right now yeah just voicing it and putting it out there it, it i feel its weight on me yeah like i can feel the pressure yep. or whatever so in the pre J pre when we had J Ray come on, I was more like that. And actually the week before he came on, I started recognizing that and I put it together in a thing. We all talked about it in a little keynote for the squad. But what happens now is, is, is actually not me leading it and throwing out all the ideas. It's more a response to like, so that exact example came out of, well, we're doing this thing where people are starting to talk about their pro tips. And I'm like, that's a one-off. Right. Let's make sure that's not a one-off unless it so you're only just, can be. You're like flagging it's like a flag. turn and yeah. then offering a suggestion. Yeah, because I'm, cool. I'm, running, I'm running the show specifically a lot less because Tanner and Kristen and the team leaders and, and Alex and Grace are all running their own shows. We're just supporting. And, and I do give direction in the one-on-ones, and then they decide what's best for the next moves. And that's Which what we talk shit out. Yeah, because yeah. you're there for your insight. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah. But yeah. where it was... I'm not even talking about you specifically. I'm just talking about yeah. like bosses in general. No, but I mean, but it's true for me. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll own, I definitely will own that. That's That was like my default for the first year and a half of our company. All the <laughs> ideas. And I still have all the ideas. I just keep more of them in, in check and in, in turn. <laughs> <laughs> Which is crazy because you still have more going out there than... You know... <laughs> 
If someone just met you, they wouldn't be like, this guy's got his ideas in check. They'd be like, this guy's got a lot of ideas. <laughs> Dude, yeah, somebody was like, I feel like the song Sandstorm is just consistently playing in your head <laughs> yesterday. And I was like, what is that song? I don't even know that song. And I was like, no, it's more like math rock. It's like Flight of the Bumblebee. I don't know if it's that one either, dude. I'd say uh, if you, I'll find a song and play it for you guys, and you can be like, oh, that one? That's the one. It's like one of those uh, Polyphia songs. (laughs) 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 Kind of like a Polyphia song. (laughs) Like my homies, yeah. Oh, it's like The Secret Stolen. I was going to say, here we go. I'll put it on for the people. I'll give a shout out to my homies, The Secret Stolen, right now. How do I get that album that I can't get anywhere? Dude, they They have one on Spotify. Where's the other one? The other one's better. Dude, I know. I think they might have put them all up again, actually. The other one is straight bangers. I really. They're all on Spotify now. No, they're not. Uh huh. It's so good. Is it this one? It's really rare that your friend's band is good, you know? Here it is. I'm playing right now in the headphones. That's my brain, pretty good. Uh. Oh yeah, wow, they have it. Oh, this is cool. I'm gonna listen to this today. I'm gonna get to like I'm this. All right, there it was. Here you are, Cameron. You're on the internet. Shout out to Cameron, a.k.a. Yoga Beats Music. You're out there. And Yoga Beats all my music. other friends, Nolan, Billy, handle? who's in. Yeah, Billy DeBono. You're going to listen. All right, I'll pull it off. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. John, Billy. Billy's in a band called Decades. It's actually doing pretty well. They do, like, remix songs of old school stuff live. It's really, they're pretty awesome. Anyway, playing at the Catalyst this weekend. Let's go see. Him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think they actually do, uh, like get some more r- real, like not more real. Catalyst is real actually. Is what am I saying? Yeah. yeah, they're not in the atrium. Yeah, they're in the main. Decades hall. would probably be able to play main hall as like a middle, middle, not opener, but middle. That's sick. Yeah, that's dope. Anyway, that you guys heard a little guitar riffs, just getting after it and doing stuff. Let's do it on the big speaker. So yeah, dude, because that was on. just. Hey, Carol, if you edit that out, I'm gonna be so sad. So. Leave it in. You need them to know my brain. Carol loves music. She's going to leave it in. She might listen to them even. She was wearing this like, chambray outfit yesterday. It was so dope. <laughs> I love chambray. <laughs> she, was, she was looking fresh. Should we, uh, should we uh, anything else before we get out of here? You know, I was trying to think of something really cool to say, and I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I, there were nuggets. I got nothing. There's, there's a lot of cool, always cool shit going on. You know, I, I don't know. There really is. I'm really excited to be in the roastery. I've, the roastery's got a good energy lately. There's a good energy in the gym. That's just me saying nothing. Yeah, we got a meeting with Alex, which is probably... At Globo Gym, uh, we're better than you. We that, know it. Go to that meeting and <laughs> just, just fuck shit up, you know? I think we need to have a funny podcast where I can just talk about stuff that's totally inappropriate. Do it right now. Nope. Why? Because the listenership. <laughs> Yeah, okay. the soft ears of the Isn't people. Isn't that weird? Okay, when I first... I can't even post about kids without losing followers, so we can't do it here. I mean, you're going to lose followers no matter what. Yeah. I don't think anybody can post anything without losing followers. Uh, maybe that's true, but there's specific things. Like, if you post too much about, like, real life stuff... Why do you think you lost followers from... What did I put my hand in? It's like weird water. Why do you think you lost followers from posting kids? People hate stuff? when you post... Certain people hate when you post about kids. And your family. 
It's just how it is. They talk about it. It's pretty open. Is it's there like feedback? A joke. What was the feedback? Oh, no. They won't get feedback. They just unfollow. Oh, what do you mean they talk about it, though? Oh, I see people all the time. On, it's like jokes on the internet. Twitter, memes, oh, yeah. all over the place. Oh, talk about your kids. It's like kids and CrossFit are the two things that people joke. And vegans. Those three things are like the <laughs> three things. Yeah. Well, I think there's... Vegan CrossFit kids. Your Instagram is interesting because it's this uh, combination of your personal life your work life and, and some of your other beliefs. So yeah. you've probably got people, a good portion of people who follow you just for coffee because yeah, you're a person in the coffee industry and that's all they want to see. Yep. yep. And so as soon as they're like, dude, stop I, talking about like, kids. I thought this was just going to be coffee. I was uh-huh. looking at YouTube comments and someone literally wrote, it's like, I thought this was going to be more about coffee. Yeah. And one oh, of the sure. other, I forget, I'm blanking on his name, was like, he has got a lot of videos about things that don't have anything to do with coffee. There's coffee if you want it, but it's it's way more rich than that. And I think there's just going to be people like that no matter what. No, it's I feel like, you. You're totally, you are right. So you are right. It's ridiculous. just, a, it's a funny thing. But I think if you, it's just like the niche thing. Like, we're not in, uh, we're in a big niche here on this thing, but I think. <laughs> I don't, I, I, you know, you know, we know that we censor each ourselves in, oh. the, in the stuff we say. So this is, yeah, this is where I was going to go. So you talk about the, the kids and unfollowing. That's one thing. That's, but that's not soft ears. When I got into coffee, I was really attracted to it because it seemed like it was a place where you could actually have open dialogue. Yeah. Everything that I've really dug into in life has kind of revolved around the idea of, at the time, some sort of a counterculture-ish thing, which specialty was when we were getting into it. It right. wasn't this big thing like these coffee shops. Coffee shops were places where people could meet and talk about anything. Yeah. Anything goes. And for the most part, like 99.9%, people who partook in that culture and also worked at these coffee houses were open to talking about anything. Yeah, It's a place where like, like you know your brain could really run wild right a- anything goes yeah whether or not they agreed with you it doesn't matter and that's the beauty of conversation because if you're having a really in- intense conversation a lot of times you're going to be coming from opposing viewpoints right and that doesn't only build understanding but it makes you think about things in different ways and it doesn't mean you have to fucking hate each other but coffee or the vocal portion of the especially coffee industry i have come to see is like one of the most sensitive like groups of people that I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, for it's sure. It's like there's there's a so many people who supported what we do and I can't thank that enough, but there's so much of the industry that almost feels like they're so incredibly fragile. Like too fragile to even exist in in life and I just don't I don't like I don't like it. I don't like talking on the microphone, worrying if I'm going to say something wrong and people are going to yell at us about it. Yeah. But like at the, and I think I used to care more like a year or two ago. Yeah. I kind of care a little bit less. I now care a little less because I think for the most part, the people, the people that know, know who we are. They yeah. know what our intentions are. They know that like, the stream of good and positivity. Right. Like, I want everyone to kick ass. Oh, for you sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, for sure. I want everyone to be a fucking winner. Like, I want to be a champion for people who haven't been heard. I, I, I want 
young people to feel empowered through work and just their lives in general. Like that's like one of my biggest dreams because sure. I never felt I didn't feel that way a lot of times. Right. It's only when I found these little places where I thought I could thrive was when I started feeling good. So to see other people shutting down conversation, it bums me out. Well, that's so like for me, I'm like, okay, I want to I want to like respect this like. Not exactly family-friendly show because we cuss a fair amount, but like you know, I, I would like to respect that. And then like you, I listen to a lot of these comedy podcasts, right? And a lot of things they talk about, which is hilarious to me. And I'm not a comic, but I would be, I'd get on their level. But what they talk about a lot is that comics get to say like walk these lines because it's funny, and people understand that it's funny and know that the comic doesn't necessarily mean it. Right. Whereas, like, we can't do that in this podcast, even though I wish... And whatever, I don't even necessarily need to. It's different topics. But I'd love to just, like, have those random podcasts where you just go off and say stuff that, like, you say late in the night when it's just, like, you and your buds just cracking up about stuff that you think is hilarious that you're, like, playing out movie scenes in your head that are literally would never happen, that are really funny to think about, that are absolutely inappropriate if it was real... And to laugh together, because I used to be in a world where I was surrounded by people who are funny all the time. And let's be real, coffee industry, y'all aren't funny anymore. Y'all are serious <laughs> as fuck. And I, f- I actually hate it. There are funny people in the industry, but there are far less funny. It, dude, it used to be funny. There used to be so much laughter in specialty coffee because of all the reasons. Mostly because you're right. Less fragility. It's felt lighter. And it was and it was. And the world needs more laughter and it needs more funny. It needs more fun. And in order for that to work, a lot of times you need people to be able to say stuff that is like accidentally inappropriate, knowing that they don't mean anything by it. Or just like to be able to reframe conversations and be like, Yeah, if I were to watch that in a movie, I'd actually laugh at it, but because it's Chris saying it, it's not funny anymore. Because it's Chris and like he's a somebody and a somebody or he's a dick. And yeah, now he's a dick. And I don't necessarily even know what I want to talk about, but I know that there's stuff that you and me and Chuck laugh about that it's like, well, nobody could ever hear us say stuff like that because they're going to just assume we're terrible. So what do you think would happen if we did that? Here? If we decided to record a podcast, next podcast, we got together and just said whatever we want. Man. What do you think would happen? I'd love to hear what people th- would say. I mean, well, I think it, uh, what would it happen, would all depend on what we people, said, right? Well, we said, yeah, what I mean is like people would just blow it out of proportion because they'd be like, you said that, that's who you, I mean, I'm, I'm go- honestly just going on what people do currently. It's like, you said that, so this is who you are. That's basically what they do. And they don't come see who you are. They just like tell everybody this is who you are and then start a rumor and then tell the whole specialty coffee industry that this is who Jared Truby is because I uh, read an email once. <laughs> You know, or something of the sort. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I, I, yeah. When you don't I, show up, like, I don't go to places as much so that people don't get to actually know who I am, but they see all these other people. Then all it takes is a couple of people who show up more than me, and then it's true because perception's reality. Yeah, but here's the thing. Do you think people actually think that way? Because I don't think that that's true. I think anybody yeah, who's even halfway paying attention knows that you are a good person at heart and you right. care more about other people than most other people will ever. Like probably. You're you're probably one of the most kind people I know and generally want other people to do well. I think sure. that's that's like 100% true and anyone who's paying attention thinks that too. I think what you have when those like bubble ups have happened where people where it seems like people are going against Jared, I think what you have is an incredibly vocal small number of people. That's probably true. I don't think 
that the industry as a whole thinks that Jared is an asshole. Like, oh yeah, I, probably not. I don't think anybody has met me. I don't think that could ever happen. I think if yeah. we recorded that podcast, yeah, it's like however many thousands of people listen to the podcast, there'd probably be 15 people who were like, "Fuck those guys, never listen to them again." <laughs> and there would be some people who'd be like, "Whoa, that's how his brain works." I mean, which could be very funny. I mean, there's a difference between thought process. I guess we could do it and, and just edit it. And there's a difference between thought process and reality. Meaning everybody thinks negative thoughts. And I don't even think we're talking about being negative. Like we're both, no, I'm we're both about pretty like positive people. Shit, this is almost funny just scenarios. like, I, I, there's things that you would like, like I'm thinking of like a mystery science theater 3000, like sort of, yeah, poking like fun, making fun of things. people in our industry for the things they do, even though not like literally disliking but them, not but not like, to bring them down. No, just like to literally stuff. make fun out of the situation. <laughs> Because there's some shit that goes down where you're like, dude, that's pretty fucking funny. No one's talking about yeah, it. Yeah, because they're not allowed to. They're not they're allowed to. to. Can we please have just a show where people are talking about ridiculous things? And I, I think that's why comedy is so important because comedy is that outlet. Comedy, you have that, you have that freedom to be honest. And in a way, that keeps everybody else honest. Because, right. you know, comedians, when they're, when they're crafting jokes and pointing out things, a lot of times they're pointing out things that are painfully obvious. But it, things that everybody else is already thinking. The delivery, it needs to be delivered right to be funny. Right. But the reason people love it is because large amounts of people can resonate with it. They're like, dude, yeah, I think that too. That's super funny. That doesn't mean I hate people. I got an idea that I'm not going to talk about right now. <laughs> <laughs> Par for the course right now. But I think you're going to be down. I'm ready, dude. All I'm right. super ready. I like. Does anybody want to hear? Oh, they do. And Slot- that's... Dude, we're going to do a B-Sides one. Fill up the DMs if you want to hear a podcast of just put it on whatever. The, yeah, go to iTunes and just write it into like the ratings and reviews and be like, I'd give you six stars if you only talked more shit about this funny stuff. I think it's dope. Like, if you watch Thrasher does Skate Line, it's the news show, and the whole thing is talking shit. I and got, every, everybody I loves it. You. And it's almost like an honor to be made fun of right you're getting roasted and that yeah you're like yeah. getting roasted and that's what i love so like when like if you're trying to roast someone or bring something up and people just kind of take it the wrong way and that that's what i really don't like because again not trying to hurt anyone's feelings but dude let's just have a good time i think we got a b-side podcast i'm ready up. man okay let's sick. fucking do it well west side meeting <laughs>It's really rare that your friend's band is good, you know? I go eat a food and then come back to the thing and eat a food and come back to a thing. I swear to God, I'm getting placebo from this right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucking turned up, guys. I'm here to turn this thing out. I need approval.